Hello and welcome to another episode of Menace to Sobriety with your host, Daniel O'Reilly, aka the comedian Dapper Laughs. This is your go-to podcast for all of you out there that are sober, sober curious, um, or just, yeah, just just like the look of my face, basically, <laughs> and interesting conversations. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, um, this podcast has kind of documented my journey through sobriety. It's sort of my way of learning and talking about everything sober and I'm really excited for the next guest that I've got coming on um, he's a life coach for men um, and we had a little brief chat outside and started getting into things so I'm very excited let's get straight into it first up welcome Patrick Fox yes how you doing man good I'm to be good. here I'm good you're used to this you've got your own podcast haven't yeah, you yeah yeah absolutely what's yeah. it called again the alcohol rethink podcast right okay and um, first up let me just uh, get this in here because I'm gloating uh, yes by the time this goes out over a year sober <laughs> thank you and uh yeah, got a card. Thank you from Patrick here. You're pretty fucking awesome. Keep that shit up. Uh, congratulations on one year. Uh, no drinking. So awesome. Your journey and podcasts are inspiring so many people. Sobriety is truly the gift that keeps on giving. That's so true. Uh, take care and be kind to yourself. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Dude. I thought that was quite poignant because there's a few little nuggets in there. Yeah, well, I won't expect you to read it out straight away. So. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> or at all. Yeah, it's a good thing that it didn't say something like, you want to go for a line? Yeah. No, um... <laughs> But look, you know, take care and be kind to yourself. Yeah. That stuck in my mind because sobriety, we beat beat ourselves up a lot yeah, in there. Um, before we get into, um, yeah, the podcast, I guess, um, tell us tell us a little bit about what you do, what your podcast is about, uh, and just your story, man, how you, how, how you sort of become sober. Just introduce yourself to the guests and let's get started. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about what I do after I tell yeah. you about how I got there, probably. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so coming up five years, actually, December wow. is when I stopped drinking. It was after I went out Boxing Day in 2018. That was the last time I had a drink. And I'll, I'll tell you about that story, right? Yeah. And then we can talk about before that story. But on that Boxing Day, or in that month of December, actually, it was pretty fucking crazy. It was like a really full-on month. I, I call December silly season, right? Like, mm. just going out, getting on the sesh all the time. Yeah. So I went, started a month, like, went to some work, Christmas do, uh, got mm. really quite drunk, wore some new shoes, and we were jumping over this wall when I woke up in the morning and my shoes were all scuffed up and stuff. It's like, why am I jumping over a wall, man? Like, I'm <laughs> 30-year-old 30, 30 yeah. dude or whatever. Um, and then, but that night I went home and I had some gear because I was going to a football game the next day and I woke up and I obviously thought about doing it, but I woke up and there was just all this gear all over me because I'd gone to do a line, but didn't bother because I'd fallen asleep. So I was so drunk by that stage. And then the next day went to an away game to, uh, went to Leicester to watch the football and at half 10 in the morning, I was doing gear on the toilet on the way to mm. the game, just feeling absolutely terrible. And that kind of like was what life was like, to be honest. Mm. And all through December, like there was lots of other little occasions where I was going out and getting smashed. And then there was a Christmas event that we go to with the family and stuff. And on the Saturday, I'd been out all night and stuff, had mm. limited sleep. And just remember being there, just feeling pretty terrible, pretty low about myself and stuff. And during that month, like I was feeling a bit shit. And I spoke to one of my best mates and he told me about this book called This Naked Mind probably familiar with it right by annie grace no i'm not Ah, uh, it's really fucking good book anyone out there go check it out it's, it will change What's your it life called? this naked mind right okay yeah and 
it's all about like how the mind works, the truth about alcohol and stuff, things that we have kind of limited knowledge of <laughs> a lot yeah. of the time. So I started reading that. So things had started happening, right? Like I started mm. questioning my alcohol use. Like I, it was getting boring. It was quite monotonous. I was going out a lot, but not really enjoying it. I just wanted to go out. That was the mm. thing. And then Chris, we got a new dog, new puppy. So just kind of set the scene. I got a brand new puppy, one-year-old child and an eight-year-old daughter as well. And so I had a lot of responsibilities, a lot of mm. things going on. And the Christmas day, I chose not to drink because we had this puppy. So I went out and... And maybe had like one beer or whatever, and then so Boxing Day came round, and I was like, "Do you know what? It's oh, Christmas. Yeah. yeah, I didn't drink yesterday. Like I'm going to go out and get on it today. So, like feeling really entitled. Really felt like I'd been deprived from having a good drink up on Christmas and stuff. Yeah. So we went. To, I went to the football. Uh, we ended up winning the game. So that was like extra emphasis to carry on drinking after the game and stuff because you got to celebrate when you win, right? Mm. So we went to the pub. And I was in the pub and, you know, four or five beers in, I used to get that kind of thought in my head, like, oh, I need to get some gear now. I need to, like, I didn't really like getting drunk. I didn't like the feeling of being drunk a lot of the time. So mm. I'd, like, use drugs to try and extend. Make it better. Yeah, yeah, right, try and extend it. So I was still kind of uh, conscious of what I was doing. I just wasn't completely, like, blacking out and stuff. Mm. So we were in the pub that night. And I'm making all these phone calls, going through my phone book, asking people in the pub if they knew anyone who could get it. It's fucking Boxing Day, man. Like, <laughs> what am I thinking? And then my phone started dying. So I went over to the shop and I bought a charger and I bought a charger and that didn't work. So I was, I'm, I'm getting more anxious, more anxious, more anxious, thinking that I'm going to miss this phone call that I'm going to get. And luckily it didn't happen. Like I didn't get anything that night. But just before I left, I went home. I had like a, a horrible shot of some mini... Mm. Uh, Guinness thing I can't remember what it's called and then I woke up the next day and I I woke up and I thought I feel absolutely terrible I'm just so sick of this stuff man like I'm absolutely done with it I remember my girlfriend came in I said I can't do this anymore like, I literally can't do this anymore and so that point there I was like I want to I'm going to take a break I'm going to do like one year no beer that was kind of like that uh, mm. I was aware of that program but also aware of that kind of, I like the idea of it. Yeah. Thinking, well, if I take a break from alcohol, let me see what it's like. Let me just take a break yeah. and see what's like. Like, because really, surely it can't be any worse than it is now, right? Yeah. Um, and that's how it kind of started. So that was me taking a break. <clears throat> it's such an interesting. I get so many different guests on and speak so many. You know, uh, when you look at the different reasons why people, and normally there's a massive rock bottom. Someone's almost died or yeah you know you're getting left or da, 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 and all that and it's so interesting because you're just describing what people fucking do yeah. it's just what people do and what is considered the norm and how many times people have genuinely woke up and gone i just don't want to do it anymore i ain't doing it again and next weekend they're doing exactly the same thing and don't even realize that they're in active addiction yeah um and then you so you made the choice right and what a great time because you've got a new year coming up it's like you know, you're like, right, I can try and I can see the fucking goalposts. I can I can try and do it. So how did that, were you already a life coach at that point or not? So I actually, yeah, I was, but I wasn't because I trained and certified back in like 2015. So this is 2018 now. Mm. Um, but at that time, I was still drinking and going out every weekend. So yeah. I, I didn't have very good self-esteem. Like I wasn't very, like I enjoyed coaching and I knew it was helpful. Yeah but it wasn't very congruent. Like I wasn't doing what I was saying, you know, and I just didn't believe in myself. So it's far easier just to kind of like slip back into going out all the time. But it's good that you mentioned that because that was probably when I first started kind of like taking little mini breaks from drinking. 
like I'll go like a couple of weeks or a weekend and remembering at the time like how much of a big deal it was but then over time like just gradually went back into mm. habit right like just going yeah. out every weekend living for the weekend so your first year talk me through it how was that yeah it was challenging certainly in the beginning man like felt I've got a journal at home I kept mm. from like that first year I didn't write it every day but like I wrote a few notes I was really low, man. Like that first month or two, mm. pretty shit. Like obviously it's like January, it's, you know, mm. blasted all your money anyway. So it was kind of challenging for me. And I remember like being about a month or two in and thinking at the time, like, I want to do something with my life. Like I'm not just going to stop drinking and not do anything else. Like, so that's when the bug for coaching came back yeah. in. And that was pivotal, man, because all of this time and energy that I now had from not going out and getting fucked all the time, mm. I had to put back into something else. Yeah. So I started like applying myself to that. And that first year, there was a few kind of really significant things that happened for me. First one was we went to a party. I think it was like February or March time. Uh, it was a party in, in the local town centre. And I went and I was, zero beers had just come out actually. So I was having a zero beer, but I just sat down the whole night. Uh, and I remember having a conversation with someone who was interested in about why I wasn't drinking and stuff. And it got to about 10 or 11 PM, right? I'd been there for a few hours. And then I kind of like made my way to the dance floor and I just stood by the side, watching everyone just fucking dancing and having a laugh and stuff. And then kind of think, uh, thinking that I was missing out a little bit and mm. isolating myself. And then the, the particular track came on. I can't remember what it was. It's like an old school track. And it came on. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to get up and dance. And I just, I got up on that dance floor and I started dancing. And when I did that, I realized like no one was even paying any attention to me. Like I was just like fully immersed in the music in that moment. And it's mad. Yeah. And just came away after doing that. And it was like such a big thing to be able to do that. Just, I'm going to stop you there because I, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, and I describe it as being like, you feel like you're the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. But actually, what you, you're actually the elephant in the room in your own life. It's, it's weird. And I had, that, I had that very same experience at a barbecue when everyone started getting drunk. And I was very much like, oh, fuck, they all, they all know that I'm not drinking and uh, I'm, I'm the odd one out here that's not having fun and da-da-da-da. And that is such a pivotal moment uh, in the sobriety where your old mind yeah. is, 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 is desperate to not change. It's trying to pull you back in. And you're still romanticising about the alcohol. And also, like... It is weird being in those environments sober because when was the last time you was in that environment sober? Yeah. Ever. Barely remember a time, yeah. Yeah, like we spoke downstairs before we came up here and you were saying about your trip to Sheffield, right? Yeah. And um, you're in different situations. And now when you're, you know, you're wandering around and you're like sort of experiencing life, everything that's going on in the day and you're like really in it, like you're present and you're experiencing and you're feeling and you're talking and you're, you're sort of soaking everything up. But what we used to think was at the beginning of our sobriety, we would think this is really difficult without a drink. I'm not really enjoying this without a drink. But when you're drinking, are you really enjoying it or are you just drinking? Yeah. Yeah. It's surreal, isn't it? Yeah. How, how did you overcome that? Or, uh, or did you, or was that a good shifting point for you? Yeah, it was a really big shifting point for me. It's mm. like, oh, I can go out and 
and dance and it's not a problem, you know, because yeah. no one's going to go, well, oh, he ain't drinking and he's it, dancing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the guys I work with, he describes it as like having a spotlight on you and it just following you around everywhere. That's like what we That's think what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. It's what we think's happening, but it's not, man. Like no one gives a fuck. No, we're all just in our own heads. Like we're just doing our own thing, thinking what everyone else is thinking. And so that was huge for me. Like I really saw that as like a turning moment. Then in April, we had a trip booked to go to Amsterdam. Mm, holidays are big, aren't they? Yeah, a trip to Amsterdam. Fucking Amsterdam as well. Uh, yeah, right. I've been there like five or six times before and not once, you know, sobriety was nah, far, I, far away. I can't imagine what the point is of going to Amsterdam unless you're going to sniff, smoke or fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and not your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, that's what it's about over there. Yeah, it's weird. And we did that. It was a couple's holiday, actually, and we went and... Again, I like just got stuck into the zero beers, drank a lot of coffee. Mm. Um, mm. There was a few times like we were in coffee shops and stuff, and I'm like, I could just have a spliff, you know? Like no one, no one's really gonna know. Like, is a spliff not drinking? So surely that's okay. But for me, in my head, it's like when I thought one year no beer, it wasn't just about the beer. It was like treating myself in a in a good way, kind and compassionate way. Yeah, right. Like not doing drugs, not even smoking and mm. stuff like that. So yeah navigated my way through that holiday i so said every time i did these things right like my confidence is going up it's like actually yeah i can go out and have mm. a holiday without drinking i can go and dance without drinking and then through that year i, I went to a wedding uh oh, big, sober big wedding triggers yeah a absolutely yeah and alcohol's free flowing man like it's absolutely yeah. everywhere just from the get-go like because it's so acceptable to just start drinking on the mm. eat on the morning of a wedding right doesn't matter what part of the party you are <laughs> mm -hmm, no that i that makes me feel isn't it weird <clears throat> how that makes i mean john the producer come in talking about you're talking about going for a wedding and going and john hasn't got a problem with drink or uh, he's not so he's not sober but you'll be drinking won't you uh yeah i mean there will be there will be drinks. I'm, I'm not intending to get hammered. I don't really do that anymore. Basically, since I'm no longer single, I don't care about getting hammered because that was always about being single and hooking mm. up with people. Mm. But like, there'll be probably like a little uh, like toast mm. before. Like, yeah, I mean, there will be it. But I I'm not going to the wedding thinking about looking forward to drinking. It's yeah. just like it will be around. See, that's the difference. Bring the camera back over here. That's the difference between me and John because. If if some one of my mates was getting married back in the day, I'd be like, "We're going to get fucked." <laughs> That's the difference. He's not even thinking about it. I'll be excited on the lead up to it, and I'll probably be like, "I was saying, who's getting the gear in?" And I'll be excited about it. But I've got such bad. Uh, what's the word? I mean, weddings trigger me, man. Like, cause my own wedding, you know, I'm, I've got shame and guilt around how smashed I got in my own wedding. But um, I haven't been to a wedding since I've been sober. So I am a bit nervous about that. Not, and, and, and we were talking about this outside. Not nervous like, oh my God, I'm going to drink yeah. because I've got no desire to drink or to use drugs. But more like, how's it going to make me feel? Am I and, and again, even down to the thing like, oh, is anyone even going to want me there because I ain't drinking? Or are people going to notice I'm not having a good time? Or, well, that's even weird me saying that because it's like I'm kind of even saying that I'm not going to have a good time because I'm not. I'm in my own head here now. Yeah, right. do you know what I mean? It's that, that's what exactly what happens, though, isn't it? We start getting really self conscious. We start like thinking what everyone else is thinking when really it's just what we're thinking about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But I almost don't want to go to a wedding. It's so weird, isn't it? What what happens? Well, yeah, and I reckon because you know you're just comparing to what's mine. happened in the past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's why, like, 
I'm such a massive advocate of like creating evidence, right? Like going out yeah. and kind of like I'm describing here yeah. in, in my journey, but it's about going out and showing yourself that, that you, you can, can do, do these things. Yeah. Like, like, like you say about Amsterdam, Mexico, I recently went to Mexico and fine. The whole, you know, bit nervous, but once I got into it and at the end of it, I'm like, like you said, creating evidence. Like yeah. I walked away from that going, right, mm. I can do holidays. Yeah. That's it, man. Like now, now holidays are done. <laughs> yeah. Holidays are good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyway, so you've done a Christmas as well, right? Like you've done mm. a birthday, like you've mm. done all of these things, mm. like all of a sudden, I call them sober firsts, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about getting all these sober firsts under your belt and like yeah. showing yourself because now you've got something different to compare it to, mm. right? But often we're just thinking about all the shit that we've done in the past. Yeah. So that's passive. Go on, carry on. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, you're good. And so I did Amsterdam. That was in like April time of the year. I think the, the wedding was in August. My birthday was in September. So so many like yeah, boom, boom, like bombs. big things, man. And then and then there was Christmas. And I think Christmas, I definitely had a little bit of anxiety around because mm. you're like, what am I going to do? Because this is all I've ever done before. Like so to, as I mentioned earlier, this silly season for for me, like December was about working as little as possible drinking, drinking as, as, much. as much yeah <laughs> so mm. it was a really uh weird time to get through and i think i ended up like eating loads through that month just as a way to kind of like deal and mm. navigate through it and that was it and so that's kind of like a year there's probably lots of other things in there but so it's really interesting so you do your life coaching for men uh around alcohol as well yeah uh what would you so what would you say say for instance i'm sat in front of you and i'm like fuck Right, so I'm going sober, Christmas is coming, da-da-da is coming, everything's coming. What advice would you give to people? How do you get them to change their ways? What What do you say? How does this work? Yeah, well, I've got a few different ways, man. I think understanding why you don't want to drink or why you want to cut back on your drinking is really, really important. But I think some of the times what we do is we think about like the short-term reasons of why, but... Actually, when you can start thinking beyond the why, when you can start thinking like what the impact of you not drinking is going to be, mm. you know, for me, when I stopped drinking, like on that morning, I woke up on the sofa for the last time. I was ashamed of myself and I was thinking like, I don't, I'm turning into the person I promised myself I'd never be. Mm. I'm turning into like my dad had a problem with alcohol, probably still does, I'm not sure, but I didn't want to be that guy. Mm. And I, that was like motivation for me. So it wasn't just about stopping drinking, although it was, but it was also about like how I wanted to show up afterwards, how I wanted to be a dad and a partner and what I wanted to do with my life. So what you're asking people to do, and this is the fucking hard thing, man, and the, I, I feel like I'm kind of getting there mastering. This is the hard thing. What, you, what you're, you're asking people to think differently. Yeah. You're asking people to think, to, to not think about, or oh, how am I not going to drink? Thinking about how do I want to be? Like... And I'll give you an example outside, but I was talking about the golf and all of that. I had a lot of messages from people saying, you know, how did you manage to go away with your mates and da da da? And, and I'll put, I, and, but in real time, I was looking at, well, I wouldn't have been able to FaceTime my wife from the bedroom, you know, when I'd arrived, arrived at the hotel on the first day. I just, I'd done the FaceTime, spoke to my wife, and the kids were jumping around in the background. Have a good, sorry about the screen, by the way, guys. It's like, the <laughs> keeps cutting off, but don't worry. But yeah, um, and the kids were jumping around and um, I, it was just a, a re this really powerful for me, just simply looking at them and, and then being able to fucking be realistic and go, it's five o'clock on the first day of my holiday and in the afternoon in, where was I? I can't remember now. Fucking, I can't remember where I went. Where did I go? Portugal, I think. And it's five, five o'clock and I'm 
in the hotel room, FaceTiming. I know it's so trivial, but there's no it's way I would have done that it's because not. I would have got fucked at the airport, yeah. fucked on the plane. I would have been excited about landing. Let's go out and get fucked. And they would have heard from me. Yeah. And I feel like that's how... Um, so basically, oh, I'm finding it difficult to talk today. I might have had too much coffee. But mm. basically changing, um, instead of sat there going, what am I not doing? I'm sitting there going, oh, it's amazing that I'm doing this. Exactly, yeah. And that's it. That's that complete shift. And it's not trivial, man. Like, I think it's fucking amazing because it's all of those little things that add up. Mm. Like They're all of the reasons like why you're choosing not to drink anymore. Yeah. And that's massive. Yeah. I mean, it can be difficult to see them like in the beginning, right? Because you've got to, unlearn the desire for alcohol and stuff like that but like when you can start focusing on those on what you're getting instead of what you're losing like that's when that change becomes so much easier that's important isn't it focusing on what you're getting not what you're losing it's like instead of looking at what you're missing out on looking at what you're free from as well exactly free yeah i mean that word's huge when you just said then you said uh, teaching people to unlearn what was that the desire so how do you teach desire. someone to unlearn the desire for alcohol yeah, so we, we desire alcohol, right? Uh, we think that we need it. It's a lot to do with how the brain works, dopamine. So dopamine, when we have dopamine, our brain thinks it's important for our survival. It goes like back to evolution of humankind. Except, really? Yeah, right. So think about when we were living in the wilderness or whatever, like we didn't, we couldn't just pop down a shop to get some shopping or we could, you know, all mm. these things. So when we were living out in the wild, mm. We had to have our wits about us, right? Because otherwise we'd end get up eaten. dying. Yeah, yeah, we'd get eaten. So we had to know where food was. We had to know where warmth was. We'd have to procreate and all of these things. And every time we do that, we get dopamine. And the brain remembers that. It goes like, okay, so we got food here the last time. So we can go back there and there might be food there the next time, right? Mm. And oh, that's what, yeah, that's what happens with alcohol. Like our brain thinks it's important. If Like we genuinely think we need it. And I think that word need is always really telling, right? Like when you think you need something, it's like, okay, do I really need it? Or is that my brain getting all well, malfunctioning? We just, <laughs> we just spoke about it outside. Yeah, right. Like, you know, like yesterday, Sunday, when I was just, re uh, well, actually it's Friday now on the podcast, but we're recording it on the Monday. But when I was relaxing at home, I was like lying on the couch, like I need something. Mm. Like I need something. It's probably a hobnob, chocolate <laughs> hobnob. Yeah, I'm going to go and see if it's a hobnob. <laughs> yeah, I needed the hobnob. It's like we need something. So what you're saying is, our brain used to get rewarded when we'd done what we're supposed to do. So going and, going and finding the food, the berries or killing the animal and getting the food or running away from the saber-toothed exactly, tiger, yeah. you get the adrenaline rush and you're like, well, your, your brain goes, oh, if you do this, you're rewarded with this. And that, what happened? Go on. Well, that's basically everything. Like, uh, other than the camera's doing some weird shit, locking in my eye, about to get fucking... You look like a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel that one. But yeah, no, so basically that's the whole thing is like anything that we get addicted to is hijacked our reward system. So like gambling, that's a super stimulus of your dopamine. Um, like pornography, that's like super stimulus of like dopamine that you get when having sex. Like sugar, all of it is just that being hijacked, which is like you said, we've evolved to experience it in moderation. But when we have these new stimuluses in this environment... That's when it gets out of control, basically, as from my understanding. Yeah, nailed it. And, and, and look at the society we live in, man. Like, we don't have to want for anything. We can just go get it in the drop of a heartbeat or just switch on your phone, whatever, right? And we, that's not how we were evolved. It's mm. not how we're supposed to live. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, we, we, we create a lot of importance. We think alcohol is important for us. We've got a lot of evidence of why it's important, like, because it makes us have fun, a good time, and, like, all the other stuff. And our brain kind of filters out all the bad shit a lot of the time, just mm. remembers the good stuff. So, yeah, we that's how we kind of create that dependency almost. Mm. Like, we think we need it. it. We think it's doing something for us. 
So how do I unteach that? By going out and creating evidence, right? Like you got to go. Wow, yeah. You got to go out and show yourself that you don't. Maybe I can go out and not have to have a drink. A lot of it is understanding, like our, how our thoughts create our feelings, right? Like what we think creates an emotion. That emotion creates an action, and then we kind of like think, feel, act cycle. And so it's understanding what that is. So when I'm working with guys, like we, we want to understand why you want to stop drinking, but we also want to understand what do you believe about alcohol? Like what do you think it's doing for you? What's it giving you? What do you think you're giving up when you? think about not having mm. alcohol yeah just sorry to interrupt yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because i'm so, i'm like that this whole journey of sobriety for me has all been about thinking it's this whole journey from beginning to end when anyone asks me about it i'm all i'm always like saying stuff like from what i've learned it's like retraining understanding your triggers and realizing they're not triggers you know they're just thoughts right yeah. that you don't have to mm. respond to and it's like is, am I right in thinking that if you keep forcing yourself to doing the opposite of what you used to do, then that becomes the normal? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, instead of go, like on a like for instance, on a Friday the sun's out, I'd normally go down the pub. If if I just stop doing that for a long period of time, I think you do rewire your brain. It's yeah. like neuroplasticity, and you essentially create new um, pathways within your mind. And then, yeah, I, I think it does work like that generally. Is that is that right? Would you? Sorry, I jumped in. No, yeah, no, go for it. Absolutely, yeah. Which is why, you know, like I have my podcast, you've got your podcast, like every day or most days in a week, we're talking about it in a different way. You're like literally- In a positive way. Yeah, you're training your brain to think about alcohol in a different way. So you're, you're creating new neural pathways and those old pathways, mm. if you like, they are becoming more disused. They're becoming mm. like less reactive to them because you're creating more evidence of-, of Mm. why you're choosing not to drink so you're actually talking about it on a deeper level i'm talking i'm just talking about it on like doing things yeah. you're talking about how you actually think about the th the the alcohol right mm. so i read a really good book as we we're exchanging uh books um and i'm sure you uh, you probably read it but it was um no more hangovers by alan carr have you seen it? it's like a little bite-sized book i don't know if you've seen it not a little one i've read the uh stop drinking one that he did though. yeah but yeah. well, this no more hangovers anyone out there that's listening uh, anyone that ever comments like oh what should i do first or how can i start da, da, da. my counselor gave me this book no more hangovers by alan carr and the reason why it works so well for me and i think it's what you're talking about is it had little analogies it was like page after page after page after page of analogies right mm. going well imagine if you were like this would you do this well that's what alcohol's doing to you imagine if like it was like you know if um the flower one do you remember that yeah 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 that was a big one for me so it was like you know alcohol can grip you like you know you know right now you might be drinking you know just at the weekends and da -da 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 and whatever and or just occasionally special occasions but like for me like it was when things went wrong in my life uh my drinking increased right it was because because whatever i got from drinking i thought would help me when things got worse whatever and um there comes a point where some people tip over that edge, right? Where their alcohol dependency, you know, they're drinking, they're hungover, they wait a little bit, they drink again to feel better from hungover, where it just turns into a cycle where they're constantly mm. drinking. And then that's where your stereotypical alcoholic comes into play that's crutching a bottle of vodka first thing in the morning. And the way he had this analogy of uh, one of these plants that has the, you know, the flies go into it and they drink the sap, drink the sap, drink the sap. But if they go too far in to drink it, is it flies? I don't know what it was. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Or whatever. It goes too They get tangled in the sap and they can't get out. Yeah. But you'll never know when that's going to be. You never know where it's going to be. And it was little analogies. And there was another analogy. I'm just sharing this for the, for the listeners as well. But there was another analogy where talking about losing control of yourself when you're drinking you know what you know what do you get from it do you like the feeling of escapism of being a bit wild and that was what it was for me you know fucking woo 
Woo! You know, it's been a stressful week. I'm going to get fucked and not give a, give a shit about anything. And, you know, and you lose control of your functions and the way you walk. And it's like, but it's okay because it's fun. And then they'd swap that analogy for like, well, you know, imagine if you was in an aeroplane and, you know, because the, the controls, you know, you, you, the, you know, there was an analogy about that where the controls, you know, would you trust yourself? Would you, if you were the pilot and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to play with the controls a little bit, yeah. you know, here and there, you know, tweak them with a little bit of alcohol. So I can't, I can't exactly work correctly. Um, anyway, all of these analogies made me think about alcohol in a different way. And it was literally like I put the book down the first time I read it and I was like, fucking hell. I've been tricked into thinking that this thing was fucking brilliant for me. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, and that's uh, in this naked mind. There was something in there that really stuck out with me as well. I'm quite visual as well, so that, like stuff like that really helps me. Mm. But in the book, she spoke about how alcohol is ethanol, and that's not an opinion. That's a fact, right? Like ethanol. Ethanol is um, fuel, right? Like it's used as an additive for fuel that we use for planes and cars and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like why? Why am I putting? That is my body, yeah. But think about it, man. Like um, hand sanitizer, hundred percent alcohol. What does that do? Fucking burns your hands. Annihilates everything on your hands, yeah. But yet we're drinking like obviously lower five, levels, ten percent, five, yeah. ten. But sometimes spirits are a lot more. But even when you drink spirits, right? Like I always used to feel sick once I drank a spirit. Mm. That's your body's literally like oh, no, going, yeah. This isn't right. Like we shouldn't be doing this. This is poison. But we've kind of being conditioned to believe it's how you go out and have fun on a Friday night. Yeah, it's really interesting. Keep talking to me about how you change these people's minds, other things you use. I, I, I really feel like these little nuggets and stuff kind of help, you know. What sort of, what what else is critical to a, a man, when a man comes to you changing, trying to get through the process and changing his thinking? One of the biggest things I do is like right early on when I'm working with a guy is look at their values. You know, values, what are the things that are most important to you in life? What matters to you? And, you know, very often family, business, things like that come up first. And then we go through this process of identifying what they are. And then we look at, okay, so how does alcohol conflict those that's so interesting. You're just getting them to work it out themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm, 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 I give them the tools, and they have to like figure it out for themselves. Get them to kind of start rewiring their brain, start thinking about it differently. Because by doing that, you start unlearning the desire. Like because now you're no longer thinking alcohol is this amazing thing that does all these good things. You're actually going, oh, actually, when I drink alcohol, I'm not a good dad. Or when I drink alcohol, I've lost lots of jobs. Like we can start seeing like the patterns of how it shows up because. Every time alcohol conflicts with your values, there's no question. John, mate, it's so interesting, isn't it? Mm. No, definitely. I mean, just taking all that in, I, I was thinking about. So you start with. Sorry, I'll get the camp. The, the, I'm a bad producer. Look, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so you were talking about when someone comes to you, you work out what their values are. Yeah. Is that is that part of like a like a bigger structure of like their beliefs or just what they're like what they're focusing on now? So their work and their family, or is it is it to do with like health, yeah, do you, do you kind of like, yeah, yeah is, is it just to do with alcohol or is it just to do with like everything? What they value? Well, it is everything, but then we, we look at it in the relationship to alcohol as well. So it, do, you, do you exclusively do alcohol related uh, life coaching or is it? Yes, yeah, okay. that's how it starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like everyone comes in wanting to stop drinking and then we open it up, right? Because it's, mm. it's an ecosystem, man. Like everything's going on in our lives is contributing to why we might be drinking, for example. You mentioned stress and stuff. Mm. So yeah, understanding what the values are and then we've got beliefs about those values and then we can start like really unpacking it and looking at it all. And it is amazing, man. Like 
just that one session sometimes is just Enough. profound. Yeah, you untangle it, knots. It's yeah, just right. Knot because the mind. because now you can start living daily. You go okay. So what's important to me? You know, you and and you're really aware of it. And listen, our values change over time. Of course they do. But that's why it's important to go back and revisit them. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough, isn't it? Because I feel like I've learned that over the last year. Um, uh, and some of us learn it the hard way, right? Like at the beginning, you know, you, your missus is going to leave you or you're going to yeah. lose your kids or you've you've fucking crashed your car drink driving or something like that and you, you've you lost your job and then you suddenly you're like, oh, what are my values, man? Money and fucking work and my family and stuff like that. And you found the hard way. Um, and I think, unfortunately, when when I was faced with... Um, learn, when, I, when I learned them and really got my head around them, you know, and I, I, I do it as simply as put it... I've said this to people before, you know, you know, my kids and it's literally like that for me. My yeah. kids and my wife here and drinking and drugs there. Like, what do you want? Because you can't have them both. You just can't. You can't be a good father and you, and a good partner and you can't go out and drink because I, I'm not built to just have one or two. I want to get annihilated. But a hard thing when you learn that information is looking at your friends around you that are making the wrong choice. So do you ever find with yourself that you struggle with people that you know that ain't after life coaching that are, <laughs> that are your friends and family and people around you that are just making that wrong choice do you not feel like you you've got all of this wealth of information that you want to share yeah and i also know that you know they just got to get on with it they've got to find their own path you know some sometimes people will be interested and they'll ask me questions and stuff but it, no, it's such a unique journey, isn't it? Mm. You know, and just kind of like you were saying earlier, like everyone's got a different entry point into it. You know, for me, waking up on the sofa, that, like I just chose that as my rock bottom. Mm. Like I knew that was, I'd had enough at that point, but there'd been many, many other things that had happened mm. before that. And I think everyone's just got to find their own way there. I know. And I think, you know, having this podcast and stuff that we do is really, really important because it's getting people to start questioning it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it, it can be challenging, right? Like you can see people, you can really, I was mentioning to you earlier, like when you, when you're, when I'm around people drinking now, like it's so fascinating to actually watch them changing and actually thinking about like what is happening inside your brain now, you know, that cognitive part, that prefrontal cortex is starting to shut down. Like that's why you start making poor decisions. That's why that filters off. It's why you stay and do stupid shit because you're no longer really thinking about what you're doing. That's scary, it's isn't it? Really scary, man. And I just think, God, like, mm. that's why you go one or two ways when you see people that are, you know, are, uh, are, mate. You've got to use it to your advantage. You've got. It's like watching Jeremy Carl. You know, you got to make it. Let, let it make you feel better. You got to fucking watch it and go. Mm, yeah, I'm glad that I'm getting out of this. So I'm glad. I'm glad I'm out of this. Um, so once once you once you manage to change their thinking and they're starting to be receptive to to that idea. You know, and they start looking. Oh my God, it's so true when you when you're saying it. You've just got to change because society. Uh, this is obviously well known stuff. Society sort of plants the seed from when we're born. We're very young. We see our parents drinking, and if you imagine, you're very young, and when you see all the family together, what they're doing? Everyone's having a good time and they're drinking. Christmas, yeah. they're drinking. Christmas, they're drinking. Fucking funerals, they're drinking. And you're kind of like, oh no, you're not allowed to drink till you're older. When you're older, then you can drink. And then it's you how drink. you become an adult in this country, yeah. really. Hundred yeah. percent. It's a coming, coming of age, right? Mm. Yeah, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and that's where that started for me. You know, when, when, you know, when you're kids and you want to rebel, everyone's like, "Who can get drink? Who can get drink? Who can get alcohol?" And then that is celebrated. You're the one that can get the drink, and um, it's very hard to shake that. You know, every celebration, everything. You know, it's very hard to disassociate alcohol with good times and celebrating. Um, 
so when you tell people when you're doing this life coaching, I presume it's an ongoing thing with people. They come, they stay for sessions and regular stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you tell them to maintain that thought process? What what tools can they what tools can they take away in times of difficulty or to work on themselves? Yeah. Cool. Uh, just on that. I got a bottle of cognac at home. I'm never going to drink it, but it was given to my mum before I was even born to give to me on my 18th birthday. Really? <laughs> wow. Like, that's what we're dealing with, man. Like, that's fucking mental, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. This is, this, is, this is for when he's old enough to fuck his life up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, predetermined. It's predetermined. It's like, it's so inevitable that, yeah, when they're 18, they'll drink this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so in answer to your question, yeah, it's so I work with guys over a period of six months, right? Like, so we have weekly sessions. It's Brilliant. really important, I think, just to constantly having these conversations, you mm. know, constantly surrounding yourself with other people who are thinking similar to you, mm. which is challenging, right? Because, you know, when you're drinking, it's probably likely that your community, everyone around you is drinking. Mm. That's just how it is. So it's starting to go out and find new ways and uh, new communities that you can start contributing yeah. to. You know, a couple of things that I did is like I started a Facebook group. I started doing my podcast. Like they were ways that really worked for me in terms of like keep mm. keep thinking what I'm thinking about. And the guys I work with, like I've got a WhatsApp group. Like they all stay in there. They call the conversations in there about what's going on for them. Sometimes we can um, kind of overload on. I did. Yeah. yeah, like overload on these things, and I think not to beat yourself up for that either right like just mm. to be mindful like just do it for as long as it's it's helpful for because mm. then sometimes we get into that old comparing mind right we start thinking well why are they doing it so easily and their life's mm. great and yeah just start being addicted to yourself but yeah. yeah you just got to be mindful i think journaling you know you probably hear that often is such yeah. an important and powerful way just to hear or to see what you're thinking mm. and go well that's a load of bullshit like why am i choosing to think that about myself that's so true you know I've, I've found before where, oh my God, man, I, I used to be such, well, I am, I am such an overthinker, but also so insecure and be like, what, all right, what's playing on my mind? What's playing on my mind? Like if, if I'm getting really pent up or like an afternoon's coming and I can't, I'm like, I'm fucking or whatever, loads, and I'm like, that's doing my in, that's doing my in, that's doing, oh, and so-and-so hasn't texted me back and I'm wondering if he's got an issue, <laughs> read it back, you know, oh, shut up, you knob. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, but what that thought, I find that when you get into a negative thought cycle, and a weird thing happened to me when I was um, right at the beginning of my sobriety. I went away to work on myself and all that jazz. And I uh, I was I kept having this thought about my wife, a weird thought, um, like a negative thought about how she, what she thought of me and da, 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 and all these things. And it kept going around in my mind. But I became really conscious of it. Instead of it just being a thought, instead of it just being like, this is what I'm thinking. So this is reality. You know, this is how I feel. It was like, I was became, it was like, it was almost like it was given to me to be aware of what my mind was doing to me. Mm, that's super yeah. important. That's like the meta awareness. That's like being aware of your thoughts rather than just experience them as a constant stream. That's like super important with so many things. It was weird. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. There's, like, we're not our thinking, you know, yeah. we're not our thinking and our brains having multiple hundreds, well, not hundreds, but like thousands and thousands of thoughts a day. Some say up to 60, 70,000 thoughts, right? Mm. Some of those thoughts you could have been thinking since you were a little child. It doesn't make them any more truer that now than they were mm. then, right? So yeah, it's about understanding your own thinking, mm. like really starting to question it and challenging it, right? Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, like so much bad stuff has happened to me in my life that's never happened. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So many, like, some of the worst shit that's ever happened to me in my life has just been a figment of my mm. imagination. Yeah. It's crazy. So what else do you want to talk about? What else you got for us? I want, well, some, just, I want some gold for the for the listeners out there. Yeah, well, just on that, I think mounting out of molehills, right? Like, oh so God. often when some of the biggest things I work on with guys is their fear of what other people are going to say or do, right? Yeah. So going out with the mates, like, what am I going to do? Everyone's going to take the piss out of me and all of that stuff. And, that you know, that whole spotlight thing, thinking everyone's watching them. So it's kind of working through that, recognizing people don't really care about you. Like, they might say something, but they're not going to go home and be thinking about you all night. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's crazy isn't it it's crazy you're on the train on the way I'm going I wonder what them lot are thinking about me now they're not yeah yeah they're yeah. just not man and so it's just it's kind of like working through those fears mm. and the way we could do that is rather than just stopping at them going oh I'm afraid of it like well okay so why are you afraid of it what do you think is going to happen like let's walk into that fear and have a real explore round and then yeah. from that you can start kind of giving yourself some armory right like well what are my options what can I say to people if they start challenging me I don't know that actually speak your truth like i think for me that's such a big thing a lot of guys not not just guys but people think they kind of can't say what they feel yeah and they're not quite ready to tell people they're not drinking or that they're taking a break and the challenge with that i find is that people can see that they can like sense that you're not really sure and they might try and encourage you to drink i used to be that dick who used to do it but you know when you speak your truth so when i stopped people would ask me why aren't you stopping drinking i was like it makes me feel like shit like i can't do it anymore people can't argue with that they cannot argue with that. Man, I think that that's so important because I'm a firm believer that one of the reasons why sobriety is so hard is because there's a massive stigma around going sober. It's like if you go sober, it's like you were you were 100% an alcoholic or a degenerate or a, a loser. And uh, what's your problem? What's your issue with, you know? Um, yeah, so what? I could have been in active addiction. I could have been, it could have been consuming me, could have been my way. You know, there needs to be more positivity about, you know, more strength around. Well, not even that. It just needs to be normal, like, for someone to just go. And I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a year in. This this Friday coming, um, all my mates, like, we've got a WhatsApp group. I've got real close friends. But they're friends from school, right, since I was 14. But we all use drugs together. Heavy. And they all still do. Uh, bar maybe one of them. Yeah. Seven, eight of them. They all still use and drink real close friends of mine and they're in the group talking about you know the, the lads birthdays and they're all getting together what time should we meet oh let's do it earlier so we can get on the session earlier and da, 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 and all that and I'm, I'm like just straight away said i'm out i'm not i'm not coming and part of me was like why am i going you know is it because is it because i'm not going to enjoy it because they're all drinking and using drugs or is it because which is probably more likely that i don't want to explain myself like they know I'm sober. I'm all over the fucking internet. They're probably sick to death of fucking seeing me be sober. But I think it's more like just the conversation, like what you're saying. The con I can't be fucked with the conversations mm. about it. You know, um, how do you get out of that mindset? Yeah, it's, why should you have to defend yourself? You know, like, yeah. it doesn't really matter. But I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because everyone goes to that mindset that oh that must be really bad park bench sitting on there with a brown paper bag kind of mentality yeah. but anyone can get addicted man like it's a fucking drug yeah and but the worst thing for me is when they go oh how are you finding it like it's mm. shit yeah 
Yeah, because that's their belief systems, right? All to do with sobriety. Sobriety is boring. People who can't drink are boring. Like all of these really unhelpful things. Yeah, where they when they go, how are you finding it being sober? I should be like, how are you finding it addicted to coke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd be like, just fuck off, man. Like, do you know what I mean? Also, also, I've got a funny feeling that my friends think I'm going to try and fucking like, like, like sobriety is is like you can catch it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, or they think I'm going to run in there with a fucking leaf blower with all their cocaine and go, ah, come on! <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck what they're doing, and like, I'd never le lean into someone's life. But then I say that, but then there is some of them where I'm like, I wish I could grab them and ring them by the neck and go, man, this is consuming you. You know what I mean? You're, you know, it's it's a real tough one to be in. But yeah, interesting. So where were we? I, got, I keep digressing into. Into I'll, go <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go wherever you go yeah. yeah no it is interesting and i think people they maybe they are they're fearful of having those conversations they don't want to look into it too much right like, yeah. imagine imagine that having projected back to yourself like your mate stops drinking and everyone else is drinking you kind of like oh maybe maybe i'm drinking too much or maybe i'm doing too much gear right yeah but that's it i mean i think have conversations with people mm. but like not with an agenda you know like not trying to change them like if you are worried about a mate like say look mate i'm really worried mm. that's fair enough but it you know it's then for them to do something with it a lot of the time i think it's more like i just don't i don't want to be taking the piss out of as well that's the thing because i know everyone but hey, you're not drinking and, and yeah, i'm kind of yeah. like i'm past that i'm kind of it's not that i'm past that it's just like i can't be fucked with it and also i've I, I think that unless I am drinking and sniffing gear, it got, I kind of don't want to be there. Do you know what I mean? It's a weird one. Like, do you find that some of you, I mean, there's just some environments you purely don't want to be in now your life's changed? Yeah, absolutely. Or just have an exit strategy. Like, I'll go for a little bit and I'll leave early because, yeah. you know, things start changing. So, yeah, I've, I think in the beginning, definitely, right? I, I, I wouldn't go to stuff. Like, I wouldn't go to the bar at halftime during football and stuff like that because I just didn't want to be around that environment. I think you have to do whatever works for you, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, even now, like, four or five years in, like, I'm starting to reintroduce some of those things into my life and mm. I feel good about it and I'm not fearful of being around alcohol. I'm not fearful of what other people are going to say and stuff. Also, there's a lot more acceptance now, <laughs> yeah. you know, because people have kind of... That's a big point, actually, is like people have to get used to your identity because they've known you as being, you know, yeah. such and such all your life, whatever. They might feel awkward. How do we treat you? Exactly. Yeah. They're like, well, how's that going to impact me? Because we're all really, again, it comes back. We're thinking about ourselves. Narcissist, right? don't we? <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're thinking about ourselves. Like, how's it going to impact me? And then over time, like either people are going to stay or they're going to go, you know. Excuse me, I haven't been That's doing cocaine. The fuck it, I oh, know. As soon as you sneeze, the comments are gonna be like, "He's still on it." Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, um, uh, yeah, huge, huge one there, huge one there. I think I, I, I done a video this week, and I quite often speak about kind of like, like, very much like what you're saying, like changing, changing how you feel and think about it, but also like embrace the journey, the new journey, right? Like for me now, when things when things really changed for me were, um, I don't know if it was very similar for you. But it was like there was a tipping point where it was like I was like, oh fucking hell, this is hard. This is hard. I'm never. It's like you're mourning, right? It's like you're mourning the old year. I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to go to IB for and fucking sniff lines off fucking Wayne Lineker's shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Um, for just. That's never actually happened. But no, but <laughs> disclaimer. You, disclaimer. But um, no, you, you go through this whole process of going, oh, well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to sit up talking with that person or I'm never going to drink or I'm never going to. 
have a Sunday roast and then get smashed after with my mates. And I'm never, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. But like you say, if you can change your thinking. And there was a tipping point for me where something happened. I don't know where it was, where it went from like, fucking hell, this is so good. Like everything feels so good. It's starting to feel natural. Um, I'm so glad I can do this. I'm so glad I can do that. And I can, I can do that. Do you think that's like everyone has that or? Yeah, definitely. It's actually like one of the things I talk about with my guys, like the seesaw of change, right? Because really? like, in the beginning over here, you've got all that. I'll do it to the camera. You've got all your beliefs, all your evidence, like everything associated with alcohol. And then over time, like you, you want to start tipping it. And then eventually it gets to a point where it goes like that. But sometimes it's going to go backwards, right? It's all part of the journey. But mm. like keep giving yourself all that new evidence, creating all those new beliefs for yourself. Mm. And having appreciation for what you're doing, man. Like, yeah. fuck. I look, positive. Yeah, I look back and like I'm so thankful to myself for making that decision to stop drinking. Mm. As hard as it was at the time, like as much struggle as I went mm. through and all of the things. But like that was massive, especially, you know, with me, probably with you, most of the people listening. Like you might be the first one out of all of your mates who's making this choice or decision to like rethink or stop mm. drinking. That's even harder. Yeah, and and it's huge. And you should like have so much gratitude and appreciation mm. to yourself for doing it. Yeah, that, sometimes I, some and now uh, it's very difficult not to be like uh, what's the condescending. In my now, it's very difficult to not be condescending with the information that I'm learning and and like with the way that I look at life now. Yeah. Because because like for instance, I have, I've I like the other day I had a, a lad going messaging me going, mate. Like, I love your journey and what you're doing and I'm fucking a lot of stuff up in my life with drink and drugs, especially the packet. But, you know, how do you how how do you live like without going out with your mates on a Friday and a Saturday? Like how how do you how do you do that? Like, don't you miss your friends and you know, like I don't know what I'll do without my boys and that and I was like, How old are you, man? And he was like forty five. I was like, You got any kids? He's like, Yeah, I've got four kids. And I was like, Well, who gives a fuck about your mates? Like, who gives a fuck? That's what I said to him. I was just like, Who gives a fuck about your mates? And what they're talking about and what's going on in their lives. You've got four kids, mate. Hmm. Nearly 50. Like, and he was like, oh, okay, mate. Yeah, I was just saying. And then I suddenly realized, mate, what are you talking? A year ago, I was like, I can't stop drinking because I'm never going to see my mates again. And, <laughs> you know, what's a year ago, a year and a bit ago, I was going, I was going, fucking hell, what if I can't spot? So I can't sit down in a pub on a Friday night sniffing gear anymore. What am I going to do with my life? It's weird. It's hard to not be condescending. Yeah. It's like you're on that other side of the fence, aren't you? Yeah. Like looking back, you're like, fuck it. Yeah. Anything else you want to, we, we can chip in up? I think he's, you're a wealth of information, man. Yeah. In six months, I, I mean, and do you have like a success rate or anything? Or do the majority of people stay sober after they come to jail? And do some of them come in quite a tricky situation? Have you had many people come like? Yeah, like guys come to me all different parts of the journey, right? Like some of them have already stopped and they want that accountability to keep going without alcohol and like unlearn because... You know, I never want someone I work with or anyone really to get to a point where like they're just like we call it white knuckling, right? Like just willpower in their way through, like not going to things because they don't want to drink versus like actually making a conscious choice. Like, well, I want to go to that thing. or I don't want to go to that thing. So it's about unlearning all of that bullshit that you believe about alcohol, creating all those new experiences. Some of the guys they've already started doing that right and mm. they just want that accountability some of the guys they're still drinking some of the guys are still really still drinking right it just depends i think the biggest thing is that at the end of it all i want you to not be thinking about alcohol in a sense right like not missing out on what you think 
uh, what am I trying to say here? Like to radically rethink alcohol, right? Because when you're thinking differently, you're going to feel different. You're going to do different stuff. Yeah, just sitting listening to you talk about alcohol, it's like fucking what the fuck. Yeah, what the fuck? Honestly, man, like it's it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Like and 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 at the same time, I was so in it, man. Like my identity, I was a good fucking drinker, man. Like I was a geezer who go out, do all this stuff every every mm. night, every not every night, but like every weekend, mm. do as much as possible. First out, last out, mm. you know. I think that's another thing is like we create this whole identity of us and a bit like that guy with his mates, right? Like he thinks that's who he is. I that's think his that's life. What he does. Yeah, exactly. But well, you need to break free from that, man. Like you need to start showing yourself different stuff. Like mm. tomorrow's not happened. Like, so, you know, why not go create something different for yourself? That's so beautiful. Tomorrow's not happened. It doesn't have to be what you think it's going to be. It can be something else. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird the terminology we use, especially I think it's really difficult for men that, that work on the tools or like physical labor throughout the week, you know, they literally like, I've earned a drink, I deserve yeah. a drink, I deserve the packet, you know, I did, do you really deserve that? What do you actually deserve if you've worked really hard? You, like you deserve to treat yourself better in your time off. Yeah. That's real hard ch thinking, to, thinking to change, yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. Um, John, any questions? I've, I, this is this is this is one of my like happiest uh, podcast episodes. Yeah, this has been this has been sort <laughs> it's of really positive, classic, isn't light. it? Yeah. Um, okay. So, the question is, what is if there is like a proper definition? What's the difference between uh, life coaching and therapy? Because if someone's thinking about getting help, um, do you think? I mean, I guess you'd advise people go to a life coach or people go to a therapist. Or I don't, I don't fully know the difference. So I'm just curious. Yeah, no, nah, good question, man. Like, so for me, life coaching is focused on the present and future, whereas therapy is kind of looking at the past. Now, mm. there might be people out there that could be really beneficial for them mm. to get like some therapy towards it. Like the way I work is kind of therapeutic coaching, so there is a little bit of understanding the origins of some of your beliefs or things that come up for you, but. Yeah, generally speaking, coaching is about now and forwards. That's very well cool. articulated, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Um, just before I, just before I go, one thing that I found really interesting about what you were talking about that I haven't really heard is um, the way that we believe alcohol is good for us. Yeah, and changing them. What are what are some of the, the some of the misconceptions that we train ourselves about? Do you understand the question? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm maybe not articulating it. What do we? No, I do. Yeah. What do we trick ourselves into thinking? What are the key, the, the, like the most common ones? Well, I'm thinking that alcohol helps us relax, which it does in a sense, right? But let's remember it's also a sedative and a depressant, yeah. <laughs> right? Like Because, you know, it does help you relax, but it's very short. And then you get that anxiety that comes afterwards, right? Like you start withdrawing from the alcohol. Mm. And then there is alcohol is ethanol. I think that's the fact I mentioned earlier. I think that's huge. But people don't really associate what they're drinking they just think it's a tasty yeah, yeah they just think yeah tasty. Refreshing. that's another really common belief right yeah i don't yeah alcohol's fun you know like there's all of these really shit beliefs really when it comes to alcohol mm. like alcohol is what's another one um Mm. makes you like more yeah, co sociable confident yeah. makes you you know like some of the reasons i used to drink is because i've wanted to be more confident i wanted to speak to girls and stuff but then i drink so much that i couldn't talk hmm. you yeah. know <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i've had some like i find life is really really different for me now in in a big respect to 
if I like ego, alcohol is ego to me, right? Yeah. In in, resp- in response in 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 the in the way that if I w- if I was to go into a party or a social event and that I would be I would try and be the center of attention. Uh, I'd drink and I'd be like, "Woo, what's going on? You're right, yeah, you good, you good, you good. What's going on? Have you seen this trick? Have you heard this joke? Ha, hello, ladies, and all that." Now, when I go into social environments, I kind of like I like sitting at the side. I like sitting quietly. I like having proper conversations and stuff like that. And I definitely am more likable. I've got to be. I've got to be. You know. So when you say that, when people do say that, you know, alcohol, well, alcohol gives me my edge and makes makes me more likable and stuff like that. That's probably false. <laughs> yeah, it's massively false. Uh, another one there is like alcohol helps me to connect with people. Does it fuck? <laughs> yeah, over over and over again, the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah. So there's some. This is, but this is it. Like we've all got different flavors of the same beliefs about alcohol and what we think it's doing for us. So I think that's where we start doing that kind of uh, like itinerary of like, what do I believe about alcohol? What do I think it does for me? Because that's going to show you what you're believing. You know, why do you think you couldn't go out about alcohol again? That's going to show you what you're believing. And the more you become aware of all of those beliefs, the more choice that you've got around them. Yeah, the interesting thing is, before we finish up, is that you say that. You say, you know, you should look at this and you should do that. How many people out there would actually sit and do that? Because I know I wouldn't until I've been on this journey. I would like that. That is the key to it, is is to dissecting your thinking. Like anyone watching this, Give them, a, give them a task to do. Go on. Like you said, sit down and what? Write what you think you get out of alcohol. Well, I'll tell you three questions that I ask my guys before they start working with me. Why do I drink? Why do I want to stop drinking? And what do I think will get in the way? And to, to answer those without filtering, just like put down every, every reason, mm. every reason, whether you think it's good, bad, whatever, right? Because when you write all of that down, you're going to see all of those things. It's bullshit. None, none of them are facts, right? Like a lot of them are just your thoughts about what you're doing and why you mm. want to do it. Well, maybe they're not drinking, but definitely the why you're drinking. Ask me them again. So what's the first So one? why are you drinking? So why am I drinking? Because I enjoy it, right? Yeah. What's yeah. the next one? Why do you want to stop drinking? I don't really enjoy it because <laughs> it keeps getting me in trouble. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, like, what do you think is going to get in the way of you stopping? Social events. Yeah. All right. Okay. I so, like, now all of a sudden we're starting to see, like, yeah. oh, okay, so these are all the things that are keeping me here. So, uh, uh, really, if I was if I if I was to look at that like analytically, or I don't know what the, the correct wording is, I could go right. Well, I ain't going to go to social events for a little bit, and the other two kind of out outdo each other, didn't they? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you could you could you could start creating a plan around it. It's interesting stuff, John. What well, what well, actually can I just quickly say then like cuz that's another thing, right? Think about how much fucking planning goes into drinking. Mm. Think about all the years that you've been planning drinking. Like it makes sense that you might have to plan to stop drinking. Yeah. You know? Every every Tuesday, even though I was feeling crap, I'm thinking about Friday already. You know? Mate, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, What's more difficult, staying in, staying in, watching TV and being sober? What's more? What's actually more difficult to to organise that, or getting down the pub, getting your mates together and ordering a packet? Getting that phone in, yeah. Yeah, who's yeah. going to get? Oh, we need five as each, ten as each. Yeah, it'll be in twenty minutes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. And then getting anxious if it ain't going to happen. Yeah, actually, the the best, the best, just going into it. The, one of the weird things that I. I um I've realised now when I when I especially when I look back at my cocaine consumption, which I still can't believe that I talk so openly about. My kid's gonna watch this one day probably. Um, is uh, 
the best part for me was the thought of getting it and ordering it. Yeah, anticipation. It, the anticipation. Because yeah, yeah. that all the time, man. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, are we gonna get it? Yeah, who's making a call? He's like, oh my god, that was bad. Oh, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It's weird, and then you're just chasing that feeling all night long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we get dopamine before? Yeah, you actually yes. do. You, yeah, yeah, you get a big spike. That's called the anticipation response. That's why, like, when you're walking through a supermarket and you see like chocolate and you get that, you're not eating it yet, but you're thinking, oh, I could get that. That and it, that's kind of why it's so kind of almost like tricky that they put it out there because they are just spiking. That's what an advert is. It spikes your anticipation response, gets a big spike of dopamine, and that motivates you to go do it. That's why it's so enjoyable. But yeah. Yeah. We're, and we're so easily influenced. You know, like we think we're making all these conscious choices all the time, but we're not. You know, like if just this morning I was watching Instagram something, the girl was having a coffee and I thought, oh, I want a coffee now. Oh. It was like That hadn't even entered my thought system until I saw that video. And then like when we think about that in the context of alcohol, right? Like all of the marketing we get, you know, just on the underground on the way here, they've got some fucking stupid adverts about, um, be, uh, what does it say? Like be careful drinking. And then they've got like that, the writing on the advert or wobbly when you're walking down the escalators. Like, is that it? Be careful drinking. What about like all of the other shit that alcohol causes, right? No, that's so crazy, isn't it? And all of the adverts, like it, when I <laughs> when I see an advert on the tube, which I always do, of Jack Daniels, everyone's yeah. having so much fun around it. Exactly. I yeah. have never drank, drank Jack Daniels and not been a fucking complete mess. <laughs> you know, I used to drink that. Like, that advert wasn't as popular though. They tried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they ain't going to show you shitting yourself or punching <laughs> someone in the face, are they? No. Um. <laughs> puking up in a bath <laughs> no. oh man well that's been really really fu fun and um i've got to admit I've, i i was excited to have a chat with you because to me the key to sobriety i believe and and also so much in life is is managing your thoughts and i think there's i said this to you outside there's over there's there's so much like it, we're not taught it as kids that we can manage you know our thoughts like we're not taught it like the first time I ever heard, uh, I got an inkling of of being able to manage my thoughts was when I spoke to um, Robert Heisey when I was training for an MMA fight, and he, he he was going into you know you know I was having these weird thoughts of losing. I mean, I did lose the fight in the end, so it fucking didn't work. But I mean, <laughs> I, but I was my anxiety was yeah. from uh, what I thought was going to happen, not what was happening anyway. He managed to train not like, visualization and all of this jazz. And I think through at the beginning of my sobriety, the, the you know, there's two ways that you can look at when you get all your feelings and your emotions back that you've been suppressing, but you get that really overwhelming, like it's fucking weird. I'd, basically, when you're in the years of drinking and using drugs, you, you're never fighting it, right? You're just responding to it. Yeah. So I really felt I really felt like the urge to drink early on, and I was so like, whoa, mate, what the fuck? This is mad. Like I'm really struggling not to go out, like, and not to say fuck you and press the button. Like it was, I'd never felt it before. You don't feel it until you go sober, do you? Right? Yeah. You don't feel it because the rest of the time it's just a flitting thought and you act on it. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was then when I started working on that, work, working on the triggers. Could you give us any advice on what people can do when they're instantly triggered? Do you know what I mean? How to respond to like an overwhelming compulsion to drink right there and then. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the planning process, right? Like is is having things to prepare yourself for that. I mean, breathing, man. Like it's such a fucking... Slows everything down. It's just an amazing thing. Like just taking some breaths, just like reminding yourself where you are, just like 
who yeah. you are. And yeah, just like that's a bottle, that's a table, that's a card. You know, that's Dan. You know, it changes. Get out your, of your get out of your head. Exactly, because now you're not thinking about having a drink. Like you're focusing on something else. Mm. So that's really really powerful. I think yeah. So breathing. You know. It, it really depends in the situation. Like if you're out and about, well, breathing will be great because no one's going to see you doing that. But if you're at home, you might be able to go and do like five minutes mindfulness or mm. go for a walk. Generally speaking, we want to be able to like be with our feelings and like tell ourselves like, all right, I'm, I'm having an urge. I'm feeling this. Yeah. I'm like, feeling Talk it. yourself through it, right? Like coach yourself through it. Literally, yeah. like I'm having an urge. Like it's okay. I'm not going to die, right? Mm. But that's what your brain thinks. It's like if I don't mm. get this, like something real bad is yeah. going to happen. Because it's that energy in it. It yeah. like, comes up. It's like. Yeah, it's fucking It just brutal. needs a way to like move through. Um, yeah, that's. Instead of reacting to it. That, 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 that's the biggest thing. That's the big. Oh, I got me in my DMs. I can't, mate. I can't. I don't know how you do it. I can't. I can't. And that's because we've never ever like majority I hadn't up until it, uh, last year or whatever we'd never we never considered there's an alternative than to act on our feelings yeah you know what I mean there's like the the, the concept of oh I'll, I want I'll have yeah the, like the concept of breaking that yeah. is alien to us yeah or I haven't done it before therefore I can't do it well, yeah yeah <laughs> how do you know yeah yeah or just yeah and just well realizing I don't know, you're probably better at articulating it than I am, that just because the thought and the feeling is there, it doesn't have to be acted on. It's not real. Exactly. And that's where we want to disrupt it. Like, that's where we want to stop it. So you have the thought feeling, but then like, let's not take that action. Because there's two paths, right? Like, you can go drink or you can not drink. And every yeah. time you're not drinking, like, that's the unlearning process taking place. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that it's important to do other th Am I right in thinking that you can train your mind by doing uncomfortable, other uncomfortable things? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like I see you love a little bit of a cold water plunge and yeah, stuff like I'll that. jump on right? any trend to get some views. <laughs> but no, but not just not just that, but the boxing as well for me, you know, heavy sparring and like... Yeah, it's just finding outlets for that energy, right? Mm. Like he wants to do something. But but more but more I'm thinking more of like my mind telling me no and this I'm trying not to do an R. Kelly lyric here. <laughs> That's why my brain went right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will do. Yeah, but uh, and and actually if you think about the fucking meaning behind that now, fuck. Yeah. No, but you know, quite simply, I got into the routine uh, started off with my mornings, the 4.30 wake-ups, which I do every fucking day now, even at the weekend. My wife fucking loves it, as you can <laughs> imagine. Um, the, the You know, no, I don't want to get up. Do it. No, I don't want to get up. Do it. Oh, I don't want to spa today. It's going to be scary. Do it. I don't want to do the cold water dip. Do it. I don't want to go for a run. Do it. And then I want to drink. Don't do it. It was easy. Well, not easy, but easier. I think you can build up your willpower like that. Like, it's almost like a muscle. I, I read a book on willpower, and there are certain things like that when you do hard things you almost build up your capacity resilience but other, yeah for, for just in general so yeah so if you do one hard thing you do get better at doing effectively all hard things mm. you have that extra capacity but, but also i also and I'm, I'm digressing here but i find this stuff so interesting i, I knew i was going to enjoy this but also seeing a voice in your head yeah do you know what i mean not like like instead of wake going i don't want to get up so i'm not going to get up Going, I don't want to get up. I'm going, who's that? That's not me. I don't, just because you said that, I mean, do I sound mad? Just because you no, said I that, don't mean I have to do that. No, yeah, Actually, I'm going to choose something else. Interesting stuff. 
Yeah, wicked, man. Anything you want to add before we go, where people can find Jar and all of that jazz? Yeah, sure. So if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as the Alcohol Rethink Project. So Facebook's a group, Instagram, just follow me. I've got the podcast, the Alcohol Rethink Podcast. Brilliant. And patrickjfox.com is my website if you want to go check that out and anything else before for the anything anything you want to add well i would say one one other tool that i use with my guys and yeah. we kind of like been talking about it a lot in a sense is the three p's of sobriety i call it okay and that's planning practice and patience right if you've been drinking for years and years as i said right it's going to take a bit of time to start unlearning that in yourself so you have to plan for it, right? Mm. Whether it's for an urge, whether it's going out to be with your mates, whether it's going to a wedding, whatever it might be, start planning what those things could look like and then practice them, right? Like put them into practice, experiment with it, like mm. notice what happens. Like but you have to be so reflective, I find, on this journey. Mm. Well, the more reflective you are, the better, is what I'd say. Yeah. And then also patience, right? Because our time. Yeah, like our human brain, man, like we just. Especially as we were talking about earlier, right? Like we want instant gratification. Like we were, I need it, I'll get it now, right? Mm. But we need to be able to just sit with that discomfort of wanting something and not having it. Yeah, because it will dissipate. Yeah, it's not going to be around for a long time, right? Like sometimes it's a minute, 10 minutes, maybe it's a little bit longer, right? But it, it's not going to stay. That's such good, valuable uh, advice that, you know, the triggers and the urges pass. Um, really, really important stuff. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, mate. no, I've enjoyed Thank it. You. Man. This, this is what this podcast is about. Is someone you, de- you never know. Someone might listen to this and go, "What the fuck are they going on about?" But one person or a couple of people might go, "I'm going to use that." And it's those nuggets of. Yeah, information that can set someone on the trajectory to to stay sober. So thank you. I'm going to put your um, uh, details in this, guys. You can find it. But Patrick, thank you and thank you for the card. Yeah, pleasure and thanks to everyone. Been a great time. Thank you. And what's the podcast called again? The Alcohol Rethink Podcast. All right, Alcohol Rethink Podcast. I'm going to have a listen and see what I can steal out of that and change as my own information. No, I'm joking. <laughs> thank you, Patrick. Brilliant. Right, get me on this camera. Am I on this one? Yep. All right, wicked. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, make sure you check out Patrick on his socials. Big shout out to John. Uh, thank you for your help today. Me thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Very informative. Yeah, and from you as well. Always learning from you, my friends. I'm a nerd. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, good luck at that wedding, you pisshead. No, I'm joking. Um, all right, yeah, wicked, man. Listen, I just want to say a big thank you. Uh, year sober and um, still Ooh. going strong on the podcast. Learning, learning, learning. Uh, I'm going to keep... Let me know in the comments what, we, what you want more of. This is an organic journey uh for those you that are listening on spotify feel free to dm me on instagram with any ideas what you like uh if there's anything you don't like keep it to yourself no i'm joking just let us know you know if you if you want me to incorporate some of the voice notes more and stuff like that but listen this is what it's all about patrick coming on here and giving us some information that we can take away make sure you check him out on socials and sharing is caring with this podcast if it's helped you it can help someone out thank you very much that was menace to sobriety i'm out Hello! We are going to take the Menace to Sobriety to the live stage and we need a live studio audience to interact with us, to come along, listen, laugh and learn everything about sobriety, mental health, well-being and just come along for a night out with like-minded people. We are going to be going live on the 30th of August, 27th of September, 25th of October and the 29th of November. That's one a month. Get your tickets now. Come down, meet the team and have some fun. Menace to Sobriety live, coming soon. 
Oh yes, and don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Outer Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024 and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organisations and give them a call. This is my Facebook group. Just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only, uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Menace of sobriety. Just a menace. Just, just a menace. Just a menace. Menace of sobriety.